It's Sunday, June 20th. Today is recognized nationally as Father's Day. And we want to take this opportunity to express our love and appreciation to all fathers and the important role they play in raising their family. This morning's message is entitled, Our Heavenly Father Will Provide, found in Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 18. Come and join us as we honor fathers today. Would you please join us for our first hymn this morning, Praise the Lord, Sing Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, sing hallelujah, from the heavens praise his name. Praise the Lord, your great creator, all his angels praise for Hallelujah, for his name alone 
Good to be together this morning, and uh, a lot of uh, things have been happening this week, and it's, uh, there's some good news, and there's some heavy news. Uh, anyway, we, uh, we're gathered here this morning to, to bear one another's burdens, to worship the Lord we, we serve, and to, uh, to unite ourselves at his feet. So a big welcome to all of you who have joined us, our regular attenders, uh, any new guests, Thank you all for joining us this morning. We trust that this hour of worship will be um, meaningful to all of us. Uh, A few announcements this morning. Uh, This week we have a church council meeting at 7 a.m. or 7 a.m. 7 p.m. on Tuesday evening. Uh, Also, our missionaries of the week are are uh, Don and Char Epp. And we have some news this week. Uh, there's a, a notice in the bulletin of appreciation from Henry and Irene. We know that she has been struggling with cancer. And so please look in the bulletin for that note uh, that they are, have written to the whole church. Also, uh, a note from uh, Jacob and Anna Dick. Jacob is now in palliative care in Boundary Trails Hospital. So pray for them as they make that, make that journey to the end of his days. Also, John Clausen uh, had successful surgery this week, uh, two, uh, two stints put in, and so he is, uh, uh, John and Agatha are optimistic and uh, looking forward to recovering from that surgery. Then we also want to uh, remember the Suderman family, uh, family of Helen Suderman. Uh, her family also has a a note of uh, thanks in the bulletin, and let's continue to remember them in our prayers. This morning, I have decided to uh, read Psalm 139 for us. It is a psalm when we are going through these kinds of things, through cancer, through uh, palliative care, and um, all kinds of other struggles, when we realize that life and death is not in our hands, Psalm 139 
is a psalm that is very comforting and very reassuring. And so I want to read that for us this morning. Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we thank you this day that you do know us that you know our actions, you know our words, you know our very thoughts. And you know us from beginning to end. There is nothing about us that you do not know. And so our lives are an open book before you. Therefore, we humble ourselves in your presence and come before you on bended knee. Father, forgive us our sins. We are a wretched people, and we do things that we should not do. And so I pray, Father, that you would forgive us and take away our guilt. Then, Father, as clean people, we then come before you with great confidence, knowing that you love your children. Father, this morning there are people in our church that we would lift 
up to you. We thank you, Father, for Henry and Irene Neufeld. And we pray, Father, that you would minister to them as they are uh, walking a road that is difficult, that is challenging, and yet you have filled them with with the joy of the Lord and with your peace. Thank you, Father, for how you have worked in their lives. We ask that you would bless them. Thank you, Father, also uh, for Betty Reimer. We pray for her, that you would uh, minister to her as she is, is dealing with cancer. I pray that you would keep her faith, protect her faith, so that she might be able to uh, be at peace in your presence as you minister to her and as others come to her to minister to her. Father, we have also uh, had the news that John Clausen had surgery this week, and it was successful. And Father, we're just so thankful for that. And I pray that as uh, John and Agatha rejoice, that the whole church could rejoice with them. Thank you that you um, give life and that you give new opportunities to live, live again and for healing us. Father, we also pray for Jake and Ann Dick. We know that Jake is now in palliative care. And so, Father, as they walk the road to the end of his days, I pray that you would grant to them your peace, your comfort, and great courage to face what is always to us and unknown. But you are known. And so we thank and praise you, Father, that we can trust you. Would you embrace them, Father, as they take this journey? Then, Father, we also want to remember the family of Helen Suderman. Thank you, Father, that you have comforted them as they walk their mother to the grave and as they now rejoice knowing that she is in your presence because she believed in Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the faith of Helen Suderman. Thank you, Father, that she has passed that faith on to her family. And we pray that you would also grant them comfort, peace, and the joy of the Lord. And now, Father, we recognize that you have blessed us beyond measure. Even if you were to take away everything we have and if we were to experience all kinds of persecution, we know that you are God and that we have received much from your hand. And so, Father, we thank you for your many blessings in our lives. And I pray, Father, that you would would add your blessing uh, to us as we take these gifts that we have and return them to you. Take from the plenty that you have given to us as we, with glad hearts, return it to you. And I pray, Father, that you would add your blessing to those gifts. And Father, we also pray for the fathers in our congregation and for all of us who have had fathers. Today is Father's Day, and we want to acknowledge that and remember our fathers. Thank you for the fathers that you gave to us. Thank you for our fathers who showed us and pointed us the way to Jesus Christ. Thank you for our fathers who loved us and disciplined us and did what was good for us. I thank you for our fathers, and we ask your blessing on them who still walk with us, and thank you for blessing those of us who have had fathers who are no longer here. We thank you. And now, Father, would you, would you inhabit our hearts and minds as we take this next hour to worship you together. In Jesus' name, amen.
Would you join us now as we sing a couple of hymns together? The first one, Beneath the Cross of Jesus. sing together, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. Sinking. 
blood Support me in the whelming flood When all around my soul gives way He then is all my hope and stay On Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand This morning's scripture reading is Luke chapter 12, verse 22 to 34. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies. They grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? O you of little faith, and do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind, for all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Some years ago, two similar horrific accidents took place in the same week. One man in Saskatchewan had his hand caught in a rock picker, and he was unable to free himself. He ended up having to cut his finger and thumb off with a jackknife to free himself. And by the time he arrived at the hospital, he still ended up losing his his whole hand. In British Columbia, a comparable accident also happened. A man was climbing in the mountains, and he caught his hand between two rocks and was unable to free himself he also ended up cutting off his hand to escape. What makes these two stories so terrifying is that it's hard enough to lose a limb in an accident, but having to cut off your hand is almost beyond comprehension. After 
I heard about these two stories. I thought, what could be worse than this? And two accounts came to my mind from the Bible. The first one is the story of Abraham and Isaac. God told Abraham to take his son and sacrifice him unto the Lord. Just think for a moment. It would be hard enough to lose your son, but even worse would be to have to put him to death. We know the story well. Abraham acted in obedience. And when he was ready to plunge the knife into his son, Isaac, God intervened. From this incident, God knew that Abraham was fully dedicated and committed to walking with God. The second story in the Bible has to do with the ultimate description of suffering and pain. This is a story of God sending his one and only son into the world to die for the sins of mankind. Remember, it is one thing to lose a child to death because you can't do anything about it, but it's another thing to allow your child to be put to death when you have the power to free him or her. Yet that is what God did for you and me. He allowed his son to die in our place so that we wouldn't be sent to hell because of our sin. God provided a way back to himself. Now, not only does God provide a way back to himself, but he also provides for our needs. In the passage of scripture, Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 34, the one that Jay just read before the message, we discover that God always provides for those who seek his kingdom. Twice in this passage, the provider is addressed as God. And twice in this passage, the provider is addressed as your father. In other words, God is our heavenly Father, who takes care of us and who provides for us. And this morning is Father's Day, and we want to take a a look at the life of Abraham, who became the father of many nations. God blessed this man bountifully, and yet it was not an easy road for him. Finally, God called him to do the most challenging thing that any father could possibly do, and that was to put his son to death. So take your Bibles with me and turn to Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 18, as we look into the life of Abraham. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, God tells us to seek his kingdom first, and everything that we need will be provided for us. In other words, as long as we are being obedient to God, And placing him first in our lives, God is going to take care of us. This morning, the message is entitled, Our Heavenly Father Will Provide. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today because you are our Heavenly Father. You are the one who has not only purchased our salvation, but you also provide for our needs. You provide for us when in the good times and also in the bad times. And when we go through difficulties, you are there by our side each step of the way. I pray, Father, as we look at the life of Abraham, that we would gain new insights to how he lived so that we, too, can live the same way. And so, Lord, as we examine the scriptures, your truth, we pray, Lord, that it would be applied to our hearts so that we can walk in obedience unto you 
For this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Our Heavenly Father will provide a way, number one, when we are listening, verses one through two, when we are listening. Sometime later, God tested Abraham, verse one says, and he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Close quote. We must remember that Abraham walked with God for many years before God asked him to sacrifice his son. God called Abraham at the age of 75 to leave Haram and go to the land of Canaan. And before he left, God promised to make him a father of many nations and be the father of the nation that the Messiah would come from. Now Abraham and Sarah were in their retirement years when God made these promises to them. Both of them knew that Sarah was past the years of bearing children. Sarah tried to help God out because she gave Hagar, her maidservant, to Abraham to have a child with. Yet God said this was not going to be the child that the promise would come through. Finally, the day came when Sarah conceived and gave birth to a son, and they named him Isaac. At this time, Abraham was 100 years old. Think about that, 100 years old. He waited a long time for this to happen, over 25 years. However, God was faithful, and God performed a miracle so that the birth could take place. So now God was asking him to do something extremely difficult. Isaac was his only true son through Sarah, but he was the promised son through whom all the other promises would come. This passage doesn't say what Abraham was thinking or feeling, but I'm sure his heart just must have sunk If you were in that place, or I were in that place, our hearts would have sunk. God talked with Abraham many times in the past, and he always had an attentive ear. He was listening again, but would he obey God? And verse 1 tells us that God was testing him. We must remember that we must first listen to God's voice if we want God to provide. We must listen to his voice. Second, our Heavenly Father will provide when we take, number two, when we take the initiative to act in obedience. Verses three through seven. When we take the initiative to act in obedience. Listen as I read from verses 3 through 7. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out from the place and God had to- that God told him about. 
On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I go and the while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac took, look, spoke up and said to his father, Yes, said to his father, Yes, my son, Abraham replied, The fire and the wood are here. Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Close quote. Abraham heard God's voice loud and clear that day. Notice he didn't consult with flesh and blood. He didn't try to rationalize what he heard. Instead, he just started to do what the Lord had told him to do. You can be sure that Abraham could have thought of many reasons he shouldn't do this. You and I could think the same thing. First, who in their right mind would kill a son whom he loved? Who would do that? Second, this was the son that God had promised to him. Third, This was the son that all of the following promises were based upon. Fourth, this was the son. This son was a long time in coming. Fifth, it would be impossible this time to have a child if it was hard to have the child last time. And sixth, maybe God was telling him to do something else and he just didn't hear right. I'm sure all these things and more ran through his mind. I think what made matters worse was the place where God was sending Abraham. It was a three-day journey. Abraham had a lot of time to think about what he was going to be doing. So you can believe that there was a lot of inner conflict going on. The Lord was giving Abraham a test of obedience. This in itself must have been excruciating. One of the most grueling parts of the journey was when the young Isaac inquired about the fire, wood, and sacrifice. Commentators have suggested that Isaac's age could have ranged anywhere from a young age to all the way to being 20 years old. But whatever Isaac's age, he was old enough to know that one can't have a sacrifice without an animal. At this moment, Abraham turns his thoughts and his attention to God. This brings us to our third point of our Heavenly Father will provide. Number three, when our faith in God becomes greater than our fear. When our faith in God becomes greater than our fear. Verses 8 through 12. Abraham answered, God himself will provide for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And when they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar and arranged it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar 
on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Close quote. When Abraham answered his son, he, was not, he is not trying to evade the question. Abraham already knew that God always provided in his way. He remembered what happened the last time he tried to help out God's promise of a son by going into Sarah's maidservant. Instead, he's caused a lot of grief to both Sarah and her servant, also to himself. You see, his way was not God's way. Now God was asking Abraham to do something extremely difficult and something that didn't make any sense. The only thing that Abraham clung to was the fact that God always provides in his own time. God always provides in his own time. So the father and son went to the place of the sacrifice. I want you to know something very significant here. By now, Abraham had great faith in God, even though he doesn't understand God's reasoning. In the same way, Isaac also has great confidence in his father. He doesn't put up a fight. Do you notice that? Or a struggle. But he goes willingly, believing that his father knows what is best. Have you come to that place in your relationship with God? Can you trust him in the same way that when he asks you to do something that is very difficult, that you know that God will be with you throughout and he will provide? Do you believe that? You see, when Abraham arrived, he bound his son and laid him on the altar. As he raised his knife knife to slay Isaac, the angel of the Lord called to him and told him not to kill his son. Listen to the words the angel spoke to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son your only son. You see, the sacrifice had already taken place in Abraham's heart. And God was fully satisfied with Abraham's obedience. This proved that Abraham had complete faith and trust in God. Finally, we find that our Father in heaven will provide number four, when we have been pushed to our limits. When we have been pushed to our limits. Verse 13 through 18. Listen as I read. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. 
he went over to the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the sea. Your descendants will take possessions of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Close quote. The majority of time when God asks us to do something, we cannot do it on our own strength. It takes more than our strength. It takes dependence on God. That's why God wants us to rely on his strength. Reliance on God builds faith and trust. And without this, Abraham would have never ventured to sacrifice his son. God had proved himself to Abraham many times before he trusted God. In essence, God asked Abraham for his son, or when he did, God was asking him for his all. For his all. There was nothing this man valued this side of heaven more than this precious child, this boy. Now God knew, and Abraham knew, that Abraham's heart was wholly surrendered to the Lord. That is what God asks of you and me this morning. God will provide a way for us through all our problems and our uncertainties. However, first, we must be listening. Second, we must act in obedience when he speaks. Third, our faith and trust in God must become greater than our fear. And so many times we fear something so much that we're scared to obey God. But Abraham's fear became less than his love for God. And fourth, we must come to the end of our resources before we can fully embrace his provision. As long as we have money, as long as we have possessions, as long as we have resources of all different types, then it's easy to rely on this. But there was no reliance on any of this other stuff. There was only reliance on God from Abraham. It is then that God is our provider. Is your provider, is God your provider? Or are you still doing things your way, in your timing and your power? It is only as we come to the end of ourselves that God will provide. Here's the question that I would like to ask you today. 
What is the greatest obstacle or need in your life today? And how are you going to follow these four steps this week so that God can provide for you? I want to close with the lyrics of a song entitled, God Will Provide a Way. It's written and sung by Mickey and Becky Moore. You can listen to this on YouTube. You can just go to the YouTube and in the browser there, you can just put in Mickey and Becky Moore and God will provide the way and it will come up. And I want to close with the words to this song. It's a beautiful song. Listen as I read these words. God will provide a way. I know he'll provide a way because his word is true and he will do it for you. God will provide a way. When your world's upside down and it crumbles and falls and it's so hard to make it through another day, you've got mountains to move and they seem so tall, but you're not giving up because his promises say God will provide a way. A way. I know he'll provide a way because his word is true and he will do it for you. God will provide a way. It may be at the very last moment when your faith's all that's pulling you through. It may be in the most unexpected way, but he'll provide an answer just for you. So turn your back to your problems and your face to the Lord and let him come and lift your burdens away. And as you pass through the night and your faith turns to sight, you'll have been there before so you'll know just what to say. God will provide a way. I know he'll provide a way. For his word is true and he will do it for you. God will provide, God will provide, our God will provide a way. Would you join us now for our closing song, O God, Our Help in Ages Past.
Psalm 111, verses 4 through 5. I would like to read this for the benediction. It says this, God has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassion. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. We can trust God because he is the one provides for all things for us as we stand upon his word. Bow your, your hearts with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you one more time to thank you for the great provision and the Heavenly Father that you are who looks after all of our problems and our difficulties. And yet, Lord, you have given us fathers down here, and we thank you for them, that they were able to rear us, and especially when they were able to point us towards you. And I just pray for every father today. I pray, Lord, that you would have them... Have your hand upon them, that you would give them strength for those who still have children at home. I pray, Lord, that as they nurture them, as they um, walk alongside them, and as they instruct them, that your word would come through and that they would be able to guide and direct their children in a godly way. And then, Lord, we also pray for those individuals who have lost fathers, And sometimes there's been many who have been young. And I pray, Father, for each of those individuals that your hand would be upon them and that other people would stand up, other fathers would stand up and take that place. Now, Heavenly Father, as we go into the rest of this week, we pray that we would lean upon you as the provider because we know you are our Heavenly Father, the one who provides for all things for us. For this we pray in Christ's name. Amen.